It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware, as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. Hello, Jim. And what a feeling, being's believing. You can have it all. Murray's dancing for his life. It's Murray's. Don't sing. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. What a feeling. I'm a believing. Oh, now I'm. It's in, actually being believing, which is seems it's a weird lyric, but whatever. The whole song is dumb. It's awesome. It's the worst. Irene Cara rocks. She rocks the toilet. This week on the podcast, we talk about one film that we were lucky enough to see in cinemas. Yes, only one. Were we lucky? Yeah, maybe. Some new streaming flicks we viewed. Open Rage, Merman Minute, The List, Rage or Dare. Then we put on our snowshoes and wait outside our igloos for some snow to come. Mm. So, before we jump into the one film, mm-hmm. I just want to thank all of the support we got for all the horror. Remind everybody to go buy some merch to support this charity, Scares That Care. I said we weren't going to talk about it, but... Halloween's just recently over, and they're still selling merch. And all the merch that is bought goes to the charity. All the profit goes to the charity. So go shopping, people. Now, we got a commercial from our buddies at the Movie Chef Podcast. Check this out. Do you love movies? Then you love the Movie Chef Podcast. Whoa, whoa, what was that? That's my professional podcasting voice for the trailer. Well, you sound very stupid. Okay, well, we need to tell people that we're two movie fans who cook up movie-themed podcasts and... And and special episodes on Sundays. Yeah, as well as movie menus of all our favourite topics. And diving into internet rabbit holes. As well as movie news and trailer reactions every Thursday. And our sexual awakenings about Patrick Swayze. And our sexual awakenings... Wait, what? Listen... Just tell them who we are, what we do, and where you can find us. The Movie Chef Podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and more. Better? Patrick Swayze Awakenings? I can't wait to check out their episode this week. Patrick Swayze better be... He was dreamy. He was pretty damn dreamy. I'm getting sexually awakened right now. There you go. I know not of what you speak. His topless shirt fight Roadhouse. in Roadhouse. Hello. Hello. The pecs on Patrick Swayze. I like this Chippendales dance off with Chris Farley. I know, right? Even better. So the sexual awakenings are happening on Full Rage, too. Alrighty. Yeah, we saw a movie last week. We One did. movie. And I can tell you when I was watching one of those other crappy ones in the week before, the trailer for this actually kind of freaked me out a little bit. It's been a while since I've actually gotten a good jump out of any horror movies because none of them scare me anymore. This one kind of did. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's a monster named Larry. Basically manifests itself through smartphones and mobile devices. Hey, Murray. Yes? What's the movie called? Sorry. Called Come Play. Come Play. This is why I don't do this. (laughs) Come Play. We're putting Murray on the spot this week. Right. Yeah, it's called Come Play. Yeah, it stars a 10 year old uh, kid who apparently is autistic and doesn't speak. So he uses his little pad uh, to talk. And this monster thing communicates through that. And the TV and cell phones and everything else, everywhere else you go. Uh, Yeah, I found it uh, actually quite creepy. Um, It wasn't, you know, blood, guts, and gore like a lot of horror movies. It just, it had some thrills and a few jumps and had a good story, I thought. Um, I don't think it get? I wouldn't give it a Mondo, but it's a high myth. All right. You want to go now? Oh, I'm going to get to go. Come play. So when you see the commercial and you think this is going to be like all the other movies which involve little fuckers getting played upon by monsters. And then you see this movie and voila, it is. No surprise. 
Big props again to the sound. I loved the sound in this. I thought it was great. The sound. Music and the creepy sound of good old Larry. I love this little Larry sounds. Hello, Larry. Loved my Larry sounds. Feel the biggest travesty of this movie is that Larry does not get the love he needs. Lying, judgmental parents who basically rip Oliver's friends from him as he tries to find his voice, literally. His parents basically force him to find friends in SpongeBob and the internet. So when poor Larry gets his sight on a new friend, he gets all kinds of flack. The mom basically throws Oliver and Larry together and then cock blocks poor Larry. Larry is the true victim here. Not anybody else. All in all, I didn't hate this movie. It's exactly what I expected. A contrived PG-13 family-friendly spook fest. Maybe it's because I'm desperate for new movies and maybe the jump scares delivered every time on my boy Murray as we watched it together, which brought me so much joy seeing him jump out of his chair. <laughs> so for that reason alone, it gets a terrible ending to a pretty okay, well-crafted sound effects. Pretty okay. Meh. Mostly for delivering on Murray's jump scares. All right. Well, it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I know. It was like the best part of the movie for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all I got out of this is that cell phones are evil and no one should own one. So I guess this gets a mondo. <laughs> That'd be why he doesn't have a walking around phone. <laughs> just, just kidding. There are so many inconsistencies consistencies here. Um, I didn't get why our antagonist spirit, Larry, sometimes traveled by electricity but was able to be a physical presence sometimes he needed devices to be close pro in pro close proximity and other times he could just appear in the middle of a field i did not get why oliver our young hero is completely terrified by larry one second and the next the very next second offers him his hand in the climax of the movie why doesn't larry just take both of them is there a rule that can he, he can only take one he's yes got, he's got two hands did you just not read the book? grab them both and once she is in Larry's world, she can just come and play with Oliver whenever she wants? What kind of sacrifice was that? There was no sacrifice. I really don't think I get this movie. It's I don't think obviously that the overall message was that screens are bad, I think. I don't know. No. That's the I that's what I got no, out of it. No, you're completely that missing. That is a decent story. enough message, but this movie just confused me. This was a rage. Uh, okay, I, so let me explain to you what this movie I feel was. Sad for you. Oh, this it's movie awful. was not a horror movie. Think okay. about it from the perspective of Larry trying to friend. So he's a scary monster that people think, but he's really not. He's there to help Oliver. But yeah, but nothing made this sense. This is a positive, family-friendly movie that everyone should take their ten-year-olds to. No, because it's not. This, this goes to show you that you can make friends with people even if they're scary and gross. It just means maybe they aren't that gross. Because Larry didn't do anything to anybody that hurt them, except maybe the dad. What do you he mean he did? What do you mean he didn't do anything? He killed him. She's dead now. What are you the talking? mom? Yes. No, she's not. She was dancing with Oliver at the end of the movie. Yeah, as a ghost. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I think she's still alive somewhere. She's. They showed the piece of paper. She's remember, alive remember somewhere. Remember the. Remember the piece of paper that they put over top. They're in the same, but they're just in different dimensions. Just this being, was a happy, family-friendly Disney-like film. You're being silly. No. And it sucked. It was not as sucky because the sound. Oh yeah, the and the music. <laughs> the story. And, the story was awful. It made no and sense. And the Murray's but jump the scares. Sound and Murray's jump scares made it. A man. It was. No, it you was, should have been with us, and then was, you would have seen how much joy there was to I, be seen. I still would have been raging. <laughs> Maybe not. I'm pretty sure I would have been. Because well, you have no soul. It's a true, bad though, movie is a bad movie, no matter agree. who you see it with. I have to agree, though. A lot of the things you're saying that didn't make sense. They, they didn't they're, make sense. They're to inconsistent. Me. They're just, I didn't. Uh, but because I was on Team Larry the whole movie. I was okay with it. Actually, Larry's the only thing I liked about the exactly, movie. Exactly, which gave it a man. No, well, there's th four did. things. The sound, I just the music, wish, I wish Larry was more the jump scares, but, you know. and the Larry. All right, whatever. Let's move on. Well, why don't you tell us 
What am I telling you Oops. about? A little Sorry, bit about the Cuff 12-hour movie marathon oh, that we were 12 on. 12-hour right. movie marathon. Oh, yeah, yeah. We sat and we went to the Globe Cinema, saw some movies. Um, it was a real good event. Anytime the, that uh, the Calgary Underground Film Festival puts on an event, uh, just show up because you're going to have a good time. Uh, I'm just going to blast through the movies we saw so that you can all be jealous. We saw Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors followed by yes. Blood and Black Lace from 1964. Meh. Uh, yeah, meh. Bride of Chucky, Mondo. 1998. Yes, it was very good. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. He's mm, a meh. meh. Society, 1989. Is a super it, duper Mondo. I was... I. Jim's been bugging me to see this movie forever. Yes, and then when I has. saw it was at the, the, I'm like, no matter what we do, Jim, I got to make it till 4 a.m. so that we can get through <laughs> society because I got to finally see this. Right. This movie you've been talking. And you know what? You were right. It's Mondo. You were a society virgin. Murray, tell us what you thought about it because you thought that Murray talked to me the other day. I was okay with about two-thirds of it. <laughs> the first two-thirds, it's like, okay, there's this really... Secret society that basically is out to kill him, and so he's, once yeah, his head, and he's, head come out of his bomb. Yeah, that's about. when they start morphing into whatever the <laughs> jelly crap that they were supposed to be made of, they they lost me. Yeah. So everybody who hasn't seen Society yet, oh, be you prepared. The it's, ending is fabulous. To be out. It is so good. It's delicious. Uh, that was followed by Blood Rage, which I actually didn't make it through. No, I left before. However, I knew I wasn't going to make it through, and I watched it earlier that day. Yes, <laughs> you did. And uh, then we uh, ended it with Basket Case, which... It's a you know, classic. It's it's a movie. It's a classic movie. It's not movie. the worst. It's were, you, were you around for breakfast, Mer? No, I left in the middle of uh, that blood rage. Right. It was okay, but you guys were all gone. I was sitting by myself. And right. it's, like, it's like, yeah, yeah what am I, I doing it here? It was okay. It's <laughs> like, and I, and I had like sporting events to watch later in the day, so I had to get some Football, sleep. you bet. Yes. Because I, I basically was working, I'd worked 12-hour shift and then 12, hour, 12, 12 hours, hours of movies. Of movies. Yeah. It was a little too much for me, but as I was leaving, I was offered cereal, but I turned it down. There you go. Uh, I will, I'm not worthy. I didn't make it yeah. through I would, like to, I would say a few words, though, about our friends at Cuff. Uh, this was, without a doubt, the best organized and best run event I've been to since COVID. Yeah. Opened up. Oh yeah. Like the the you felt safe. Yeah, the spacing was was great, and the only thing that I gave them a thumbs down on was the food. Uh, they had cold sandwiches, which was okay, but they mine was sitting in my backpack for four hours after I bought it. It was still cold when I went to eat it. <laughs> like it must have been frozen when you I bought it. You should have did like I did and heated it up with your bum. With your bum? I didn't do that. Mm, uh, bum and yeah, in the past we've had pizza, but I know because of, if you wanted you know, it really hot, you stick that. it right up your that bum. And, you know, they wouldn't really let us, let us go get food. I don't think the sauce sucked, on his but, sandwich would have been as good. But other than that, they had snacks all night and uh, I think they just Everything's had the... Everything's better when it comes out the, of a bum. I think they just had the bar from the, from the Globe, but yeah, it was very well run, and uh, this, uh, Brenda and Brenda and the staff—they did a great job. Uh, and I cannot agree less. And I can't wait more. for the next event. I, think you, see, I think you mean more. Yes, more. That's more. The yes. food was bad. Ditto. The event was amazing. Yep. Now, one last thing is it wasn't technically in theaters. No. But we got to see it at a bar, which is kind of like that's a man-made. It's a theater movie with theater. drinks. Yeah, and food. Which the food there was also not was, great. It was okay. So was we okay. got to see a buddy of ours, Spence Esterbrook. Is that the right pronunciation? Spen Esterbrook, yeah. Yeah, or Spencer. Maybe he goes Spencer. by his formal Spencer, real yeah. name. And we got to see the movie The Ballad of Sharkosaurus, which was a short. Mm. It was part Did of a shorts package, which I didn't enjoy any of the other ones. But. Yeah. I mean, he was the icing on the cake at the end. Yeah. And it was a freaking mondo. I mean, Sharkosaurus walking through the old, west, the old town. west town, eating up everybody in his path. Yeah, nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop Sharkosaurus. I, I just wish it was longer. Like, I thought it was a, like a feature length. Oh, I was a little disappointed okay. that it was only short. It's like, I know that's all he was able to do. Yeah, the time like, constraints, I mean, yeah. You, you built the creature. You might as well make a feature yes, out of it, Yes, but that right? means he can throw it ah. in. I hear that he's putting it in his season four of his other One show. One Hit Die? Well, One yeah, Hit Die. A lot, of, a lot awesome. of shorts turn yes. into features, Murray. That's right. Yes. They may redo The Ballad of Sharkosaurus in two years and get a full feature. Yes. I can't mm. wait. But 
Anyway, yeah. Spence, Kudos great Spence. film. It was awesome. Yep, loved it. You can see it on Super Channel, I believe, at some point. Yeah, it's in the shorts package there. But everybody, just look it up. Ballad of Sharkosaurus. There you go. Well, whew, theaters was exciting. Theaters but was you know exciting. what makes me even more excited? I know, you want to dance. I love to dance. Streaming. Motherfucking streaming. We've been just streaming. And Bryce, what the heck did we do? Marie, did you stream some stuff? Were you watching football all the weekend? No streaming. Alright. So, let's start with a little thing we watched on Netflix. Netflix? Uh, By the name of His House 2020. Uh, His House is a story of a refugee couple, Bull and Rial, fleeing war-torn South Sudan. Along their harrowing journey, we learn of a tragedy that happened. The loss that our protagonist couple endures sets the launching point for this tale. On the surface, this is just another haunted house story, but as you watch, it becomes so much more. So much more. It, at its core, is a story of survival and the lengths one would go to save themselves. The performances by the two leads were so very stellar. The way they interacted with each other was so natural, which is also a credit to the script, which presented them as a more than credible couple. The atrocities that both of them had endured is etched on their faces, and their motivations are clear as a result of their shared experiences. The haunting that occurs affects the two of them in very different ways. For Bull, there is a much more visceral interaction with the spirits, while Riel just has some quiet, subdued conversations with them. The difference in the way that the that they are haunted becomes more clear as the story rolls along. And just when you think you know all the answers, dum, the, movie, dum, dum. the movie takes a left turn. And all of a sudden, one of these characters that you were sympathizing with becomes a lot less sympathetic. What? Something happened that is far more disturbing than any ghost or spirit could accomplish. This movie causes you to rethink your entire experience to that point. It comes back to that point of what would you do to survive and create a better life for yourself and the one you love. How far would you go? This is a really powerful film. Way, way more thought-provoking than I thought than I was expecting. This movie is still haunting me now, which makes it mondo. Super duper. His house. Did you tell us it was on Netflix? You did. I did. Because it was surprising that it was on Netflix, actually. It kind of seemed more like a shutter type film. Must be said, and I'm gonna mess up her name and his name, so I apologize right away. Uh Wunmi Musaku and Soup Dirisu? Dirisu. Uh, sounds good. Not bad. Are both amazing in How this. How good are they? Oh, oh man, I was blown away. And them together and just yeah. playing off each other like they are a married couple. Yeah, I, I believe that they are married. Maybe they are married. They must be. I don't know. I felt they were married. I thought the marriage story there was, was the best movie I saw. Chemistry between them. I know. It's great. Maybe this is the marriage story of 2020. Maybe. Close. The music score and sounds were amazing. Yes. Created an atmosphere and vision of this imploding family, almost like a modern day version of The Shining, except both the husband and the wife may be going crazy. Yeah. Like the way they got the point across about the immigration challenge these refugees face. Yeah. But do not make it the whole movie. Which I loved. I loved how they gave it to us. They shot it in your face. Yep. They made their point and they moved on. They made on. their point and moved on. They didn't like start ma- trying to make this movie into something it wasn't. It's a horror movie, people. Yep. Let's not make too much of something else. So I love that about it. Um, I liked the ending a lot. Yep. Nice and easy breezy story with a great ending. Gets a spooky, ghostly, gash-heavy... Hi, Matt, though. What? I liked it a lot. Gets a creepy, witchy, African high meh. What? Yeah. Everything you said, <laughs> like he's going to I know. Say it's Mondo. There was just. Because it was Mondo. No, there was a couple of parts. I didn't. Uh, it, it. There was parts in it that I didn't feel the story was unwinding the way I felt it should have. So I felt some of what the direction did in sort of the middle of the film. The ending was great. 
I liked the beginning, but the middle was draggy at parts, and it didn't it didn't pull it as close to, as neatly as I thought. Uh, I, I think disagree. maybe it could have been a little bit of editing. Hey, it was a high man. I really liked this movie a lot. I, I did not it. love it. I so, loved it, and I'm not thinking about it anymore. And I, we may I have still a, am. We may have a flip on this next movie because this next movie for me, and I will just get right into it. Yep. We saw Rooting for Runa. Uh, and it's a documentary short that is also on Netflix. Netflix. A little girl named Runa Begum, maybe, maybe correct spelling, pronunciation, is born in the northeast of India with an unprecedented head size caused by a birth defect. This is the story of one family and how they raise a child against insurmountable odds. And... This movie fucked with my head big time. This emotional doc about a young girl with a debilitating disease and her parents that live, um, I should say love her, but couldn't afford to save her. This is sad that this disease, if treated early, could have been cured. And yet this poor Indian family could not spare the time or money to help their baby at birth. This doc does a great job shocking you into empathy for this family. The journey they take us on for many years. This is a long-term doc that they put out. This doc really be brings me uh, really to the discussion point about public medical coverage for all people, not just the wealthy. This could have happened to anyone who does not have medical insurance coverage in any country without socialized Medicare. So for me, this, uh, really, what just happened to you? I had a cramp in my leg. All right, he's getting crampy. So yeah, the reason I love this movie so much, this gets um, a traumatic, emotionally tied in Mondo for me. I love this this movie. Um, I just, I just feel there's a bigger discussion that happens with this sh this short because um, this, like, right from the from the get go, these people, this happened to them only because they were poor, yep. only because they're poor, yep. because they could have even at times within the movie, as they're showing it unwind, could have taken her, but they because they have only they if they leave the job for one day. They pretty much starve to death. Like, this is a terrible, terrible uh, depiction of what happens to poor people in this situation. And it, it's it's horrifying. And I think people should see it because of that. It was a, it was a super mondo for me. All right. Uh, I mean, heartbreaking stuff. The fact that this is something that would have been preventable had she been born somewhere else is absolutely a tragedy. As a film, this was meh. But it was a heartbreaking meh. <laughs> Well, see, I told you we'd be reversed from the last one. <laughs> okay, what else did we see? We saw Moonless Oasis. Which yes, is a, we did. Which is another short, and we saw it on CBC Gem, I guess. Yeah, we did, another streaming service. Yeah, I would actually like to just open up with, I never downloaded Gem in my life. I had no, I, I knew it existed. Was it painful? No, I, I, it was very smooth. I clicked on it, and it took about two seconds to download. It's absolutely free, which is awesome. Who doesn't like free? So I want to just open with, first off, CBC Gem is a pretty cool app. There's lots of content, some of which you may not actually expect. There's a lot of surprising stuff on it. Yeah. So I, I think people should check it out. Having said that... Uh, now let's talk about the short. Uh, Moonless Oasis. Um, what did it run about 45 minutes? Yeah, or about there, yeah. Uh, documents the efforts of a group of citizen scientists trying to spread the word of, to protect prehistoric sponge glass reefs in Howe Sound, British Columbia. They are putting their money and time towards saving these environments. The fact that these reefs were. Uh, to be, uh, thought to be extinct over the over the uh, over 40 million years ago. Yeah, crazy. Combined right? with the inherent dangers of deep diving, uh, make this a compelling documentary. It is amazing that these glass reefs seem so fragile yet have survived while other species have gone extinct. This was a compelling and interesting documentary. The underwater footage took us to a place that we have never seen before. The intention to raise awareness of this was commendable. And they accomplished that. The dock as a whole was meh, as I wanted to know more about the reefs 
and less about the divers. Interesting. So, in my opinion, this dock again fits into the category of docks that have a very important message, but, but they did not do a great job of a structured dock. There is a way to, there's <laughs> lack of focus. Yeah, there's way too much non essential shots and nothing explaining what is happening until about halfway into the dock. And then the dock kicked it into higher gear. Once it found its sea legs, wank, wank. Saw what you did there. It got better. But then there was only 18 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. The more I see docs about the ecology of oceans, the more I understand why we have naturalists fighting to save it. This doc has important information for the public. Absolutely. But I feel not enough people may make it to the end of this doc. It takes too long to get the viewer's interest, and it is a short. While it does not explain that what's and why's and how too much detail not focused on the main purpose of this story gets an important cause not strong enough presented low meh. And it's getting the meh just for the cause. Not some great... Sh I mean, it has some great shots in it. It does. But there was a lot of shots that was kind of like, you're watching you go, why are we seeing her, him or her getting on their swimsuit? Yeah. Like, this is not needed. This is say, is this what you're really trying to show us? Is, is this doc made to say, too hey. Mu too much about the divers, not, about, about not what enough about the sponge glass reefs. And, and it's such an important, important doc. They could have made this so much more powerful. So, yeah, it's getting the meh only only for this purpose yep. and the, and the maybe two minutes of footage of under the water yeah other than that come on guys like you can do better fair enough what else did we see jim we saw may the devil take you and it's got a couple different names it's cut may, may the, the devil, devil take, take you, you to or <laughs> may the devil take you to chapter two chapter two or two <laughs> So, yeah. It's two T O O and T O T W O or then, Chapter Two. We're not sure. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's on Shutter. Shutter. Uh, another Indian don't, Indonesian. Don't. Yeah, thank you. Another Indonesian horror film. Well, 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 Indonesia. How delicious. I kind of wished I had seen the first film of this. If there was one. There is. Is there? There's a sequel to this. Or a. Prequel? Prequel, yes. <laughs> yes. And I actually did start watching it really late last night, but I fell asleep. No. But the first film is called Sabellum Iblis Manjuput, which means May the Devil Take You. I think I might have seen this. It's on Netflix. <gasps> I think I've seen so it. So this we saw on Shudder, and yes. the other one was on Netflix. Huh. I Never didn't even make the that. connection. Make you, may the devil take you too, and may the devil take you. Well, but Are it's not called. Connected? It's not called. May the devil take you. It, in the first one, it's actually called that other name that I listed off. Let me refine it. Sabellum ib, ib, iblis men, men you put. So they put the next one in English, but they put this one in Indonesian. So right. yeah, it's kind of a little bit confusing. This was a non-stop demon-gasm joyride to hell and back. Lots of kills, thrills, and chills. Blah, 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 blah. Stuff happens in the first movie, which we don't know because we hadn't seen it, or maybe you have. I think I'm what right. happens? But then we get the superhero demon defeater, Alfie. Come back to be the savior to these ragtag bunch of orphans who burn their demon-worshipping caretaker to death and have to come back to their childhood torture home to defeat this evil soul. So much CGI, practical effects, demon makeup effects, splurging, splooging, buzz sobs, blades going crazy, possession, stabbing, jump scares, creepy animated demon cracking, twitching moves, lighting people on fire, lighting rooms on fire that go out on their own. But wait, then they magically come back from that fire to come back on, rebirthing, coming back from the dead a few times, plus lots and lots of demon voices talking, spooky music, a great sound, which was awesome listening and watching 
the with headphones on because that's how I watched it with my headphones on. Trust me, people, you need to see this movie with headphones on so you get the full effect of how great this movie was. And all in all, a great romp into Indonesian demon land. Whoa, I'm out of breath. Gets a super fun time demon ride at the Indonesian Thrill Park, Low Mondo, because I am entertained just enough to get a small but satisfying demon-gasm. Can't wait for the sequel. Chelsea Islan is a great actress, and I love her as Elfie character, and now I'm going to try and stay up tonight to watch the first one again from where I fell asleep. She hopefully will give Bruce Campbell a run for his money if she continues to build this character. Go get him, Elfie. You give this a low mondo. It does get a low mondo. I loved it. How can you give this an anything mondo? It was awesome. It was so silly and dumb. I loved every oh, minute of it. Oh, man. There was a lot going on here that, that I did I like. I literally just broke it all down. Yeah, the story was good. The actors were good, but the bad CGI. It was terrible. And the bad makeup. It was bad. And special effects ultimately sunk this movie. Oh, enough, enough with the CGI fire. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> and there was so much CGI fire in this one. I mentioned that. I know you did. I think I'm mentioning it again because there was so much. So, so there was. You're saying there was, I was CGI fire. There was a lot of CGI fire. The ghosts in this were made up as they were about to take the stage for some kabuki theater. I know. The makeup in some cases was just so ridiculous. There's one scene that I love. The scene where Gaddis uh, pukes blood in Alfie's face and then yes. French kisses her with a giant. Yes. Ah, uh, that was pretty awesome. Did you love the buzzsaw attack twice? Uh, it was like, this nah, is going to get, Buzz this is going to come back. Buzzsaw didn't do much for me. And oh, and that uh, scene where someone, I don't remember who, gives birth to evil Ayub. Yes! As a grown man. That was Rebirthing, pretty cool. I know. And the ending where he stabs herself, that was, when she stabs herself, uh, that he, was pretty cool. Was, you're talking yourself into a mondo, Maybe buddy. Maybe this wasn't quite as bad as I thought. It wasn't. It was awesome. As I think about it, my initial thought is that this was a rage. But after looking back... I, I think you know some, this does not deserve a rage. There was a lot of fun. Some of the good. I, I think I'm going to set aside my distaste for the awful CGI. That's a good idea. And give this one a well-written and well-acted nice man perfect it's all about the story and this story was the story awesome. was awesome but it i i could have done without terrible. the cheese it was so there was so much cheese it was dripping in cheese but it wasn't it was cheese it was trying to be it's serious about no, its horror with i don't think so. It was so i don't think so it took itself very seriously this know. movie i didn't feel that at all because there was just it was like it it was like literally uh, you were on a roller coaster you got on this cgi gore fest and it was just a riot of fun. It took itself seriously. I don't know about that. It was mad. It was a baby Mondo. A so, little tiny baby Mondo. Sounds terrible. Which you want to put in a swaddling. And I did have, I have to say, there was a little bit of demon gasm that happened. It was, it was little, but it was there. I do love me the demons. Given birth, that was pretty cool. To yeah. Grown demon. There was a lot of good in it. <laughs> there was a lot of, there was a lot of bad CGI. The fire, okay, we just got to talk about the fire, though. Like, for, they light things on fire, Yeah. and then they leave the room, and it's, and it's put out it's by out. itself. And then it's on and again. And then later on, they come back, and it's on again. It burns the whole house down. Uh, it was know. great. It, it was awful. <laughs> but it was still, man. It was fun. Uh, Are you done now? No, but go I'm ahead. I'm going to say demon gasm one more time. Yeah, you do there that. you go. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage. Taking over. Sweet, sweet rage. Oh, you don't sound very raging. I, I'm a little mellow after my demon gasm. I don't like going into the rage when I've had a, a mondo, a baby mondo, baby mondo demon gasm. So I'm a little upset. But I can tell you one thing. We got crampy. Krampus over there. Krampus over there. Krampus over there. Up. Rubbing his cramps. But my rage this week is because we just came out of Halloween. And we got to see some good old classic 80s and 90s uh, serial killer movies. And I kind of want to know where the serial killers have gone. 
I'm not, I've never been, as everybody may know, because we've talked about this a few times, serial killers are my least favorite subgenre in horror. Doesn't like the slashers. Because they're lame. But I did spend... They're awesome. I did spend the entire week before Halloween this year catching up on Fre- uh, Friday the 13th. I almost said Freddy, but it was Friday the 13th. I got to get a little dose of Freddy in, in the Freddy versus Jason. But by the end of it, I was actually... You know what? I have to say, you. it's almost like you have to really immerse yourself in slasher to truly appreciate it. Now, I'm not saying I watched every single one of these movies because they're fucking terrible and they're fucking boring. But what I can tell you... No. Yes, they're terrible. And actually, this is funny because as you're watching it, you're thinking, okay, I'm going to give props a little bit to your boy, Mr. Zombie. Zombie. Yes. Because as I'm watching some of the Jason movies and I'm like, okay... How low was the budget in some of those Jason horror films where where they he does all this killing, there's no blood, or they'll kill him off screen, and you're kind of like, dude, really? This budget was that low? How much did these movies make? You can't actually have real blood? So, but that, I'm getting off track. My, my rage this week is where the fuck are all the slasher movies? We talked a little bit about this previously. Where is the next slasher coming from that we're going to make a whole, I mean, I don't want them to. I want original slasher movies to come out. I want I want a bunch of really cool slasher movies. I mean, there is so many great real life. Like, just write Robert Ramirez's story, but make it into a, a horror movie. And there you go. Or how about Bundy? I mean, they kind of did Bundy. The movie was terrible. But, you know, these are the things. Look, why right. is there not a really good Dahmer movie? Or like an... Maybe not even a real one, but just there's so many great writers out there that have written some great horror movies and that are just sequenced in books. Where's the really good slashers? I don't get it. Where are they? Tell me one. Where's the most recent slasher film that's a brand new character? I mean, our buddy, uh, what's his face? Cameron. No. No. That's not really a slasher. Cam's wasn't a slasher movie, but we saw it at the drive-in this year. Oh, uh, Jay Baruchel. Yeah, Jay Baruchel. Kudos to Jay Baruchel. I like the movie in the theater because, or the drive-in because it was a drive-in type movie. But I don't think he's going to make a sequel to that. No, so oh where's where's the big budget slasher horror movies that we've grown to love and cherish? They are, I have at least. They yes. are dead, just like the characters. Yeah. So is can you think of a slasher, Bryce? That no, that I, is. I covered this topic actually. <laughs> On one of our episodes previously, I've, I'm waiting for a new slasher. Last yes, I know. Really, last one that comes to mind that I actually liked was Death Day. Ooh. Yeah, and that, they, that had a sequel. Yeah, so, Happy Death Day. Sequel wasn't as good, but yeah, the, it was an original story. It was like yeah, it was Groundhog Day, yeah. but Murray and, and, and people were getting killed. Oh, that was an excellent example. Thank you. I was thinking about it. Huh. Okay, well, where's Happy right Death Day 3? And then uh, it's... Exactly. Oh, it's probably coming. I hope so. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But we don't have enough of them. That's all I'm saying. I, I agree. And good ones. So yes, there. good ones. All right, well, that's my rage this week. Give us more slashers. <laughs> From the guy who hates slashers. I want to see some good ones. All right. Uh, are you ready for my rage? I am kind of ready. Okay. My rage this week is the fact that when I go to the movie theater, the only diet soft drink I can get is Diet Cola. Why can't I get a Diet Dr. Pepper or a Diet Root Beer? I would even take a Diet Sprite or 7-Up. Why is there no variety when it comes to those of us that want a sugar-free option? That's my rage. Okay, well, I can tell you, you I can, can get them. I can explain it well, to no, you. Well, no, but I can explain Well, you, well, know, you can explain okay, it. You do your but first, I'm going to say you're wrong. So you should be shopping your theaters at Landmark. Landmark. Because they have like a plethora amount of pop. They don't they don't have Yes, they do. They, they have do. Diet Coke. They, they have ha- caffeine free diet coke. Free, they have, they have diet free. they have diet everything. They yeah, have, they have, they have, they have they diet have Dr. Diet Pimp. Coke. No, but they have uh, if you look closer they had There's di- a sugar free button, you go diet into that Diet Root Beer, they had Diet Cream yeah, Soda. Dude, they got all kinds diet of diet. Santa. You name it, diet everything. Yeah, just there's a button that says diet. Next time, push it. But I believe there's it's a only- button that says diet. Okay. Yes. How many times have I said Cineplex sucks, and yes. Landmark is the place we should see our movies at? Yes. 
And you keep going something stupid like, oh, Cineplex is great because the commercials are awesome. And then I'm like, no, their commercials are fucking annoying. And Landmark is the one we go to because we've got all the anticipation. We've got no crappy, stupid commercials about fucking cars. And we've got choice for our diet beverages. That is correct. Okay, you got to show me this diet button. I will show you. So, so this is literally the worst rage that has ever happened on this show. It's awesome. I just want to point that out that it's terrible, and he needs. Okay, so I got to go to Landmark. We're only going to Landmark from now on, unless there's a reason not to. Like we're doing three movies in one night. Yes, which we seem to do every weekend. Well, if we can. We want to see as much as we can in theaters. Yeah, I, so, I, don't, I don't think there's a diet button. I think you're lying to me. Oh, dude, there's so much diet buttons. As there's a even di- a caffeine-free a, button. As a diabetic, uh, I can tell you there is. Yeah. Anyway. And as a friend of a diabetic and a vegan diet so what, guy. So what are they again? What's We're not what? listing them all on the show. That's it. We're moving on because your rage was awful. We'll do some research. <laughs> right, your, your rage is making rage. But I've, rage had, I've seen that machine. Rage. Yes. You didn't look hard enough. Wear your glasses next Rage time. Subsiding. Pulse Bring the joy. All right, here comes the joy. Oh, I'm so excited for this. All right, in honor of our buddy Spence's film, The Ballad of Sharkosaurus, which was awesome, by the it's way. Mondo. Uh, this Merman Minute salutes another equally fantastic shark film a whole bunch of them actually are we getting a shark list mer we getting a shark list oh baby obviously we're gonna J- rate them on you okay? jaws is the greatest of all time since we've already discussed it i'm not on the list if you haven't seen it then what's the wrong dumb. with you you're dumb all right first up is the meg the meg that, that was a uh, jason statham it was a mondo uh basically Meh. the story was a. Uh, Thought to be extinct, massive creature attacks a deep-sea submersible, kind of like the Abyss, leaving it disabled and ta- trapping the crew at the bottom of the Pacific. Time running out, oceanographer recruits rescue diver Jason Statham to save the crew and the sea itself. That was totally a believable, by the way. 75-foot prehistoric shark. Not only does this film feature the biggest shark of all time, plenty of funny lines, a somewhat believable love story that doesn't make you want to throw up. Yep. And one of the cutest kids ever. I know, right? She's adorable. Plus, there were several homages uh. to Jaws that only true fans would actually get. Uh, oh, yeah, and Rain Wilson dies horribly. So there's that. The bad guy dies. Well, he wasn't a bad guy. He was just annoying. Wasn't he? Well, he kind of, maybe he was. My favorite line, well, pretty much everything that that cute 10 year old Shia Sophia Kai says is gold, but we'll go with Jason Statham. Meg versus man isn't a fight, it's a slaughter. <laughs> I couldn't do the accent. Krampus over there is cramping up. He's cramping up. Uh, next up, we got Deep Blue Sea. Now, it's, Smart uh, Sharks. Smart, Smart sharks. sharks. It's about time. An island research facility, Saffron Burrows, whatever the hell she plays, is harvesting the brain tissue of DNA-altered sharks as a possible cure for Alzheimer's. Sweet. When the facility's backers send Samuel L. Jackson Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson. Routine procedure goes awry and the shark starts attacking the researchers. Mm-hmm. Sharks on an amphib and plane. Sharks outnumbering the humans. Um, their team must figure a way to stop them from escaping to well, the they, ocean and breeding. They didn't really outnumber them. They were just smarter than them. Uh, uh, this features a, a pretty good cast. Samuel Jackson, Saffron Burroughs, Thomas Jane, Stellan Skarsgård, one of my favorites. Yeah. And LL Cool J. LL. As only LL can be. Ladies, and ladies love Cool J. Uh, the best shark they, death, CGI shark death ever. It's very toothy and it definitely has some B movie thrills. <laughs> doesn't he, wait, doesn't he say motherfucker just before he gets eaten? Oh, I'm sure he does. I'm pretty sure that's what okay, it is. Okay, I, 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 he doesn't, the fact you remember it that way. Exactly. <laughs> one of his favorite lines is LL Cool J. It's like, oh, sorry, it wasn't his line, but it was one of the doctors. Now you see how that works. She screwed with the sharks, and now the sharks are screwing with us. Yes. All right, next up, we got, I know you've seen this one, Jaws 2. <laughs> You're going to put the whole Jaws Not putting them all on, because three and four <laughs> and whatever, they're all crap. This one, obviously, not as good as the original. Most of the original cast. 
and new set of teenagers slash shark bait. Is a man. It's still entertaining. Uh, basically, Chief Brody has to protect the citizens' vanity four years later after a second shark begins terrorizing the waters. And that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> that's true. Uh, the favorite line is, but I'm telling you, and I'm telling everyone at this table that that's a shark, and I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close. <laughs> that on itself. You better do something about this one because I don't tend to go through that hell again. And yet he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. What'd you think, uh, Bryce? Mm, yeah. Who doesn't like sharks getting electrified? Still, it was a shark. It was a shark. Exactly. All eaten. sharks should start with Mondo exactly. and then just work their way down. Next up, we have Sharknado. Oh, so good. Which I'm not sure if it was a TV movie or a movie movie, but I'm putting it on here because it was a movie. It was, <laughs> I don't think it went to, I think it went straight to straight DVD. Straight to DVD. But there was a lot of them. Yep. Basically, oh, yeah. a freak hurricane swamps Los Angeles. Nature's deadliest killer rules sea, land, and air as thousands of sharks terrorize this waterlogged paradise. Yep. And it's a pretty good racehorse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Proudly, shamelessly, and gloriously brainless. I've made a lot of money Sharknado with Sharknado. redefined so bad it's good for a new generation. And they made six of them. Yeah. But who doesn't love to see B-movie actors get killed by flying sharks? I... I don't believe you. I don't think there's been six. There's, there's been at six. least there's been I've a, seen there has six. been at least forty of those. Yeah, it just feels there's like never it. enough Sharknado for my and liking. And there's just Ugh. so so many cheesy lines. There's there. so, it's terrible. How about and funny. we can't just wait here for sharks to rain down on us, <laughs> or we're gonna need a bigger chopper. <laughs> I believe that was paraphrased. It's a mondo. Yeah. Uh, there was If you like mindless fun. That's what it is. Yeah, you like slashers. I like shark movies. <sighs> it's not mindless fun. The last two you may approve of. Except we have The Shallows. Oh, The Shallows. Yeah. That was a Mondo. I actually yep. haven't seen, but I will It's a Mondo. Anyway. Yep, Mondo. Uh, Blake Lively, basically surfing yep. on a secluded beach. She finds mm-hmm. herself in the feeding ground of a great white shark. Uh, she's 200 yards from the shore, but she can't get there because it's a shark. Um, yeah, basically it is... This shark attack uh, stuff with nasty thrills and a powerful performance from Blake Lively. And it's amazing. Exactly. It's I don't know any good lines. I looked, I couldn't find a good line from it, but there's I'm sure there's some. There's not uh, a lot. It's just an action. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's awesome. And it's We're got, telling you it's, it's Mondo. It's got Mrs. Ryan Reynolds in it, so it's on my list to check out. Worth a check out, Mer. The last one is actually a documentary. Oh. But she know me, I don't like documentaries, but I, like I, had, documentaries. To, I had to I list it because it's on there. Uh, shark water. Oh, oh okay. okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was yeah, basically, uh, you know, uh, Canadian uh, biologist uh, Rob, Rob Stewart, uh, late Rob yeah, Stewart. Yeah, that's right. Travels to Galapagos Islands, Costa Rica, and other places where basically sharks are being destroyed and people are just cutting off their fins and throwing away the rest of the, of the shark, which yep. was horrible. Shark fin just soup is evil. Soup, it's just horrible. Uh, but yeah, it's funny a film where the shark isn't the bad guy. In addition to breathtaking underwater photography, it also has convincing and passionate argument of how the plight of sharks affects everyone. Uh, so you should check it out. There good was list. Actually, actually two of them. Extinction was pretty good, too. It was Rage for me. Rage? Yeah, Shark Extinction water? was a terrible. Oh, the second, the second one. one was terrible. Oh. That's well, it was kind of... I'm evil. What do you, what do you call Let's it? Um, anticlimactic, because you know he basically dies at the end of it. Yeah, they, I don't know. They should have done a different ending, because it was not good. Yeah. True enough, I guess. All right, then. The less. And I still haven't seen Shirley by Michael Stuhlberg. Surely you jest. Surely I don't jest. And I don't know why it hasn't come out somewhere. Maybe it's going to be released in back in theaters. I don't know. Maybe. Like, it's nowhere. Maybe. I might just have to come over here and watch it pirated by Because <laughs> I want to get him on our list before he makes his next movie. Never do that. I would never do that. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. You have a piece of paper out there. Are you... Uh, I see that. Have you got something to bring forward? Nope. Oh, all right. Well, I'm going to give you guys a choice. Do you want a undoubted or a doubted? Mm. Let's go with that undoubted because doubted is easier. Okay, undoubted. Lay it on me. All right. Well, I'm bringing forward Cillian Murphy. 
which might not pass Bryce, but the first movie might cause Bryce to say no. (laughs) Let's hear it. (laughs) It was a meh for me. Yes. And it was Transcendence from 2014. It was meh. All right. Well, 2015, he was in a movie called In the Heart of the Sea. Uh, in the heart of the sea. <laughs> was it a Matt or was, was it a Mondo? A Ooh, it was Mondo. There you go. You like that? Really? Okay. Ron Howard? Yep. 2016 wow. was Anthropoid. Mondo. Mondo. Then we have Free Fire, which a Mondo for me. Mm, oh, Free Fire was a uh, shoot em up. Shoot em up one? Yeah, yeah. Mondo. Uh, 2017 was The Party, which for me was a Matt. Mondo. All right. Then there was Dunkirk, which was a Mondo for Mondo. me. Mondo. Yep. Uh, then the delinquent season, which for me was a meh, meh, and then it was Anna. So this could actually strike him from the list. You, I don't think you've seen Anna. I've seen Anna, but it was a mondo for me, and it was it's chicks that punch dicks. No, kick ass and punch dicks. Whatever your stupid expression is. That's right. <laughs> it wasn't a rage. What did I rate the last one? You gave yeah. the last one a meh. a meh. So if it's also a meh. He's got to wait eight more movies. What was the last one? Maybe I can reconsider it. Okay, so these delinquent season. Yeah. No, no. Just the last. The Anna. last before Anna. Oh, before befo- Anna. was delinquent season. Oh, was it? Yeah, no. It was, <laughs> it was meh. And Anna's meh. There so we go. Off. Cillian Murphy does not make the cut. That's a hard no. I'm sorry. Sorry, Cillian. You got to start over, buddy. He does have to start <laughs> over. He's got to start right? all the way over. Yeah, like, okay, well, let's just put it out there. Yeah. Is he mesmerizing? Oh, yeah. Sure. All right. Well, he gets a no, but then he gets a yes. He gets the consolation prize. He gets prize. the consolation prize. I'm sure he's thrilled. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yep, and you got to wait eight more movies, buddy. I'm actually kind of bummed about that one because I really like Cillian Murphy. Murphy, like I. Re- but he's mesmerizing, so I should hope yeah. you like him. He's, he's fantastic, but yeah, no, those last two. And I was gonna give you another one, but I'm not, so I can <laughs> save it as a surprise. But I'm gonna bring another mesmerized forward. Because okay. we saw him in a movie in the summertime. In the summertime. And we didn't bring him up then. Oh. Lou Gossett Jr. Gossett. <laughs> I am going to say no. All right. Well, that's it. No more needs to be said. So, we got Cillian Murphy on the Mesmerized, and that's it this week. That's right. Sad day, Cillian Murphy. Okie dokie. Last time on Rager Dare, Bryce pulled Cabin Boy from the Bag of Pleasure. Oops, I mean the newly created Dare Bag submitted by our listeners. This is truly a bag worthy of dares that will enrage the team or just a bag full of filmgasms for Bryce to enjoy. This week, Jim may decide to dive back into the dare pool or will he drown in a bag full of rage? Remember, his last poll gave him the worst movie ever made, according to him. Let's check in with Bryce and see if last week's Cabin Boy left him wet with pleasure but from tears. <laughs> uh, that's some good writing there, Jim. <laughs> so... Uh, Cabin Boy, 1994, starring and co-written by Chris Elliott. I just like to start with, I love this bag that I'm pulling from. I don't. Because I don't understand why the movies I'm pulling, I'm even watching. I mean, it's great because they're, they're... This could not be a Mondo. If you give this a Mondo... Let me just skip to I the am, end here. I, if you freaking Ooh, give this I'm a Mondo, I have, just, I have lost all hope in you, and we I, may have to fire you as a co-host. I <laughs> am going to let you... Stew? Stew on that, yeah. <laughs> We'll build the suspense here. All right, so Cabin Boy, where to start? In a nutshell, this is one liner after one liner after sight gag after one liner after sight gag after sight gag after one liner, etc., etc. Sounds terrible. In the first five minutes, we got lines like, I was just pondering which drifter's corpse you stole those shoes from. And then our cabin boy, Nathaniel Mayweather's teachers, asked Nathaniel to send his father his regards. Nathaniel's response was, I have a picture of his backside in my wallet. If you want, you can kiss it. And then when trying to explain to his chauffeur that he should not be offended, Nathaniel proclaims, I merely suggested that you have the driving ability of a brain-dead laboratory ape. If any of those lines are amusing to you, then you probably will like this movie, because as I mentioned, it was just the first five minutes. From there, we get a cameo from David Letterman, who is selling his home 
Selling his home. Oh, wait. Uh, let me guess. He has two lines in it, and this changes it to a mad because you think it's funny for five seconds. Anyways, let me finish. He's selling his homemade stuffed animals on the street. <laughs> it is here that we get the classic line. Hey, want to buy a monkey? And then our cabin boy tells Letterman, you know, for a game-smelling lowlife, you have a good heart about you. Then as our cabin boy walks away, we get another classic line from Letterman. Man, oh man, do I hate them fancy lads. From there, our cabin boy finally makes it to the ship. And we get Andy Richter showing us how, to how a harem girl dances. Then our cabin boy learns that he is definitely on the wrong ship. As the crew tells him, kid, we're just here to catch fish and stink. Mostly the latter. From there, the hilarity continues with a big-ass floating cupcake that spits tobacco. We get more funny banter, like they ought to rename this place Wackyville, because it's wacky. And P-Whipped? Now I'm confused, isn't that French for pudding? And I don't know exactly what that means, but an iceberg just winked at me. Then from there, the giant iceberg man battles a half-man, half-shark named Chalky. We meet a six-armed woman, oh sorry, yeah, a six-armed woman that takes advantage of our cabin boy. We then learn that she is married to a giant, and he is out for revenge after catching our cabin boy with his wife. But do not worry, as Shocky comes back to save the day and help our cabin boy defeat the giant. After an epic fight, our cabin boy tells Shocky, half man plus half shark equals one complete gentleman. Then we get more clever writing like, your words melt like butter in my brain. I feel as though the movie gives us some life lessons without being too preachy while also making us laugh along the way. If I was to be honest, this was not a Mondo. And however i glad I saw it, is that I actually laughed a lot. This was a high man. Ouch. I can't believe you act. Oh, God. This movie was so terrible. I remember seeing it in theaters when it first came out. I wish I would have saw it. And I theaters. almost walked out of it because I was like, first off, I don't think David I Letterman's think funny. I don't either. I think oh, he's David annoying Letterman is so funny. He, Never liked him. No, he's dumb. You guys this, have no idea dumb. what the funny is. So, th you know what? I'm going to defend this bag because if I would have pulled that, it, this would have been one of the biggest rages I ever had because I hate that movie so much. Oh, it was good. So, I'm on Team Darebag. Ah, Team Darebag's got nothing but gold in it. Yeah, well, wait, wait till you I pick this, Nine Lives I got, Part 2. I got Phone Booth. I got <laughs> wait till you pick Turkish Star okay, so, Wars. So maybe I'm cursed. If I pull from this fucking dare bag and I pull another shitty movie. Okay, I'm pulling from this Isn't that the point? Bag. Yeah, but it's it is, like, but, but why is he pulling all the good so bags? He's good. Well, what do you got, sticky fingers? Fucking dare bag. I told you about this bag. It's, it's you. It's, it's got good you. stuff in it. It doesn't have good stuff. The bag it's got them. nothing but gold, man. God, please. Everything in it is good. All right, here we go. Fuck. <laughs> you got nice. I have to watch Twilight. Another good movie. What are you Jeez. talking about? Vampires playing baseball. What is happening? Vampires playing baseball. Sparkly vampires. <laughs> this movie slash the series like is why Robert Pattinson is not on our undoubted list. Who doesn't like sparkly vampires? Fucking Twilight. Twilight's you get awesome. to pick. Oh, wait. You, you know picked what? another terrible movie. I'm going to watch Twilight this week, too. There oh, good. Go. Then we can talk about it. How great it is. There you go. Taylor Lautner, who doesn't know how to act. True. He just knows how to take his shirt off. I know how to take my shirt off. Can you take your shirt off now? No. <laughs> Why not? You're going to get a cramp. Yeah, <laughs> a cramp. He's taking he'll, your he'll cramp is up. you're taking your shirt off going to give you a cramp? Because he's, he's old. I move... Uh, Either boy, I I rode my bike to work the last three days, which I usually do all the time. You're but, dehydrated. But it was stop drinking. Wait, I just want to say stop drinking Diet Pepsi and drink water. Yeah, I drink some water. Once in a I think while. you drink a lot more Diet I drink, Pepsi. I drink a lot more water at work. Okay. Anyways. All right, you wouldn't get leg cramps. Uh, but I did. <laughs> Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Collin for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Collin Photography. And we need to get some more photos from you, buddy. Listen to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and just about everywhere now. Like, you can't avoid the rage. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and check out our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please go on our social media, go on to Apple Podcast, go on our website or Podchaser and give us some feedback. Or 
Give us more dares to put in the bag that will make Bryce rage. No matter what you do, please, whatever you do, just make us rage. Please, please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on. Rage on.